mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. That text is taken from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It's a fitting text for our guest today. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and welcome to Church Matters. Although the Christian church in China is not structured along the lines of denominations as it is in North America, there is a group of pastors and Christians who have embraced Mennonite theology and values. Pastor Paul is one of those pastors. Paul is a pseudonym. Joining him today as translator is Jeanette Hansen, a Mennonite Church Canada witness worker who has been working with the Chinese church since 1992 through Mennonite Partners in China. Welcome to Church Matters, Pastor Paul, and welcome, Jeanette. <laughs> Thank you. Pastor Paul, can you tell me how you came to faith in Christ? I am a third-generation Christian. My grandfather, my father, and myself, we are all Christians. The faith of my fathers is my faith. That is something that is very valuable to me. And so it became my personal faith as well. Why have you come to visit the church in Canada? For some years now, we have had a pastoral exchange between Canada and China. Every year, a group of pastors would come from Canada to visit us in China, and then some pastors from China would come to Canada. Uh, I am now part of this exchange program. The reason that we are excited about this kind of exchange is because we find that God is working in many places in the world. God is working in China, and God is working in Canada. And the way that God works and the way that the church uh, works in different places is is different in their situations. And we can learn from each other as we visit each other, as we learn about what's happening in, in churches on the other side of the ocean. As we visit each other in, in, in different places across the ocean, we can see God in a different way because we see what God is doing in, with our brothers and sisters. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your church? How big is it? How old is it? And so on. Our church was set up by a British missionary in 1865. Until now, we have built uh, 23 churches, church buildings. We have 12,000 Christians in our church. We have 47 pastoral staff. What do Christians in your church find most appealing about Mennonite faith and values? Um, we found that um, Mennonites uh, feel that the the whole world is is the kingdom of God, and that they um, will serve each other uh, across lines of uh, political countries and race and religion and uh, ethnicity. And this has been very moving for us. We also have found that um, Mennonites know how to put their faith into action. They know how to serve and serve uh, their communities and the society around them. So, for example, Mennonites are very willing to come to places that are not developed and to live a simple life and to be able to serve in ways that are helpful to the people there. The churches in China are very excited about serving in society, but we have very little experience in this. We want to work with you and learn from you uh, about things like senior care, uh, working with uh, children in poor areas, uh, working with uh, disaster relief. As Jesus taught us, what you do for the least of these, you do for me. 
What are one or two highlights of your visit to Canada that you'll be taking back with you to the church in China? One thing I've noticed as I've visited the churches here in Canada is that the administration is done very carefully, and there is an enormous amount of work that is done by the believers within the church. People who are not employed by the congregations, ordinary believers in the pews, just do the work of the church. What needs to be done, gets done. For example, we visited a church today that has 500 believers worshipping there. They only have three pastors. In China, that would be very difficult for the work of the church to be done by three pastors when there's that many believers. There must be an enormous amount of work that's being done by the believers in the pews. The other huge impression that I've received is that the amount of support by believers in the churches here for service in communities and in in larger society is quite frankly amazing. This is something that is just beginning in Chinese churches as people are beginning to look out into their communities to see where they can serve. But when I see the amount of work that is done by the people in your congregations, I am very moved. Another thing that has impressed me is the emphasis that Mennonites have placed on education as they have opened uh, high schools and university to educate people within the church. This has had a huge impact on your church and is something that we don't see in China. I am really learning the value of Christian education as I visit churches and schools here. Pastor Paul, I think our Canadian listeners would like to know more about some of the outreach strategies your church uses. Yesterday I heard about how you begin leadership development training in very young children. Can you tell us more about that? For our Sunday school aged children, we have a special worship service that is geared for their level. And we use that as an opportunity to strengthen and teach them about faith and values. Every summer and winter holiday, we have camps for these children that also teach uh, Bible principles and give them time to spend together in the church. We also have the children contributing to these worship services. They are the ones that lead the music, maybe play the guitar or the drums. They're reading scriptures. They are uh, helping to plan the worship services. So we not only teach them, we have them practicing and we have them acting uh, out their faith. So it's a it's a two-way street. If you only have teaching and don't give them opportunity to practice their faith, they, they don't become healthy Christians. We also have programs that help children in transitions in their lives when they are going into university or going into high school. We have programs that will help them with these transitions. So faith that is nurtured from a young age becomes strong as they grow in their lives and in their faith at the same time. As they grow up in the church, as they grow up in faith, their faith impacts how they develop and their faith impacts how their characters develop. You also have a program for university students that trains them to engage in matters of faith with classmates and roommates. 
So after six years in the youth program, then they are ready to enter university. We have a special course for people who are ready to enter university. We help to prepare them for their life in, at university. Um, we open this class once a year, and it's a 23-day course helping, helping young people before they enter university. This helps to prepare our students as they go off to university. We help them to strengthen their faith and to become ready to be independent. After our students are in university, we also have programs for them when they come back for summer and winter holidays. As they come into contact with new people at university, make friends, uh, classmates, we help them to be able to articulate their faith and to be able to explain their faith to their friends, many of whom have never heard of Jesus. While they are in university, we encourage them to be part of small group Bible studies. We encourage them to attend worship services on a Sunday. This also helps to strengthen their faith and to help their faith to change uh, in the way that they are changing in their thinking as they are at university. The church uh, encourages these young people to bring their faith to life, whether it's through talking about their faith, whether it's through serving in the church or serving in society, they are bringing their faith to life. They not only have to talk about their faith, they have to act out their faith. And as the people around them see their good works, they will glorify God. And as people see what they are doing and how they react to things, they are attracted to the church and come to the church with, with their friends. The university students have uh, four times a year where they have holidays, summer and winter holiday, and then a short break in each semester. We have training classes for the university students and opportunities for service during that time. This is a time where they can refuel, where they can be encouraged by their pastors, and that in their lives they can go on uh, learning and growing. This is equipping them so that they can go out to serve with with love and with energy. In, our, in my 20 years of working in this way, we have seen many fine young people who are now coming back to work in the church and to serve in society in many different ways. Depending where you are in China, there's somewhere between 3 and 6% of the population are Christians. It must be very challenging for your young adult university students to talk about their faith with their classmates uh, and roommates in that kind of a context. Growing up in the church and our university students uh, as, they, as they go out into the world and share their faith, many of them rely on the verse to be as uh, wise as serpents but innocent as doves. So in many ways, they don't go out to share their faith. They attract people to them, their character, their personality, as they serve those around them. Others are attracted to them and ask questions about, why are you different? Why are you doing these kinds of things? Why are you, why are you so nice? <laughs> Our university students use these opportunities to talk about Jesus. And in this way, they can explain how the gospel has changed their lives. This is a very natural and very easy way to share the gospel with your friends. And what reports do you hear back from your university students about how, how they are received and how their message is received? 
Most of our university students say that because their friends are asking them these questions, why do you act the way you do? Why do you do the things that you do? Um, they are already attracted to them in a way that makes it very easy for them to share their faith. And when they do, um, they also welcome them into the community of believers. And many of the students respond by coming to the church, by participating in what's happening there, and eventually understanding more of what has made their friend so attractive, so different to them. Part of the response also is more understandable if you understand the, the situation of most many university students in China today. They really are seeking for some meaning. They are looking for people who are sure about something in life. They are looking for people who have purpose. And so when they find friends who have purpose, have meaning, they are very attracted to them and they want to know why. When the seed is prepared well and the ground is ready, then you could have a harvest that is 60, 80, 100. For example, all we did last year at Christmas is have a Christmas worship service in a church near the university, and we attracted 1,200 young people from the university. More than 600 of them had never been in a church before. In that evening, 60 of them decided that they would like to become believers in Jesus. This work is being done by the Holy Spirit. We have provided a platform for the Holy Spirit to respond in this very big way. So your church is not only growing rapidly numerically, but also through all your Christian formation activities, it's, it's growing its faith in depth as well. Our purpose is to grow deep roots so that the plant that will flourish for a long time. Uh, a plant that has good, strong roots is, is a strong plant. There are perceptions here in the West that Chinese Christians face many restrictions. How would you respond to such comments? In my experience, even though the church in China is experiencing uh, many restrictions, it hasn't really um, affected the development of the church in very big ways. We still have many areas, many, many ways to live out and to spread the gospel. Uh, in many ways, uh, the faith of the Christians in our church is still very weak, very new and is something that needs to be strengthened. If, for example, China were to completely open the doors and let all foreign um, churches and uh, mission agencies in completely, in many ways this would be uh, a very um, difficult thing for our churches and for our believers because they are in a position where they are not uh, strong in their faith. We believe that God has placed a protective fence around us for this time in history so that we are able to grow in faith and strengthen in faith. And hopefully in the future, there will be more opportunities to open the gates. But for now, we feel that it is, uh, it is in many ways a protective fence. We can't say that we are as free as the church in North America, but we also are grateful to God for the many, many ways that we are able to practice our faith in China. Is there anything else at all that you'd like to say to our listeners? 
<laughs> yes, I would like to. I'd like to say that as the the Canadian Church, the Chinese Church, we need to pray for each other. Um, we both are climbing d- mountains. <laughs> um, in the last 30 years, as China has opened and reformed, there are many challenges that have faced us as a church in China. And some of the challenges I now see in North America, the challenge of having money, the challenge of having power, that's a big challenge for the church. And so we need to be supporting each other and praying for each other as we deal with those some of those challenges. We are, we are both churches that are placed in a, a time and a place and a society that has many pressures on us. And as we face those pressures, both here in Canada and in China, we need to support each other so that we can remain firm in our faith, that we can remain persistent in our belief and in our purpose of following Jesus. You can also pray for us as a church in China in our context right now that we will experience freedom in our faith, freedom in our in our lives. Pastor Paul and Jeanette, thank you so much for coming in to speak with me today. May God bless you both in your work and your travels. That concludes our conversation with Pastor Paul visiting North America to explore the Mennonite Church in Canada. You're invited to join us again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. I want to share with you a short note from Marianne Zacharias in Winkler, Manitoba, who wrote in response to our interview with Sarah Thompson, Executive Director of Christian Peacemaker Teams. Marianne writes, I was deeply impressed by the segment on May 21st, Thank you, Marianne. We too were impressed with Sarah and the work of CPT. We love to hear from our listeners, whether it's by email, phone, or snail mail. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 1-866-888-6785, email us at churchmatters at mennonitechurch.ca, or snail mail us at 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. This program and the ministries of Mennonite Church Canada rely on your gifts. Please give generously via www.mennonitechurch.ca. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. are sent by God wherever we are living salt and light as people of the way